You are now listening to The Sexy Escort Guide, discussing everything fascinating about the world of paid companionship. And now, here is your sexy host, Exotic Vivian. Hey guys, this is episode 109 of the Sexy Escort Guide podcast. I am your host, Vivian, and today we have a returning guest, the beautiful Miss Isabella Bloom. Isabella is a Chicago-based dinner date and travel companion available worldwide. She is also an amazing content creator. You can find her online on all social media platforms at The Isabella Bloom. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by our diamond sponsor, Companion Tax and Accounting Services. You've heard us interview the owner, Mary Lee, on episodes 7, 36, and 58. Companion Tax really knows their stuff, and I, Vivian, can personally vouch for them. They are the professionals you need to hire to handle all of your tax accounting and business needs. Companion Tax was created specifically with us companions in mind. It doesn't get any more niche than that. They have been in business since 2011 and have become a leading resource for the community. Although based in South Florida, they are licensed in all states. You can visit them at companiontax.com and fill out the new client information form to get started and take charge of your financial future. Hello, Isabella. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Vivian. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. It's been a minute. I just wanted to catch up and I saw your tweet recently about you being top 1% on OnlyFans. Congratulations. (laughs) It seems like uh, a few girls are doing very well on that platform. And so kudos to them. But we're also going to pick your brain, of course. But before we start, what's new with you? What's going on with you? Lots of things. I think it's been it's been like almost two years, maybe since we chatted last. I've been traveling a lot, you know, upkeeping my OnlyFans, living life, and I really love it. I got a new kitten recently, so that's my newest at-home thing that I've been doing. (laughs) Just uh, refresh our listeners, you know, a little bit about who you are and, you know, why we should be talking to you today. (laughs) So I am a sex worker. I'm 28 years old. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Lived all over Florida for most of my life. Went to school in Gainesville, Florida, the University of Florida. Go Gators. (laughs) And about five years ago, I moved to Chicago. You went from hot to cold? What? (laughs) I did. I know. That's like the first thing everybody says to me. They're like, why would you leave Florida? And then on top of that, you moved to Chicago. And I'm like, listen, I love Chicago. Oh, Chicago is an amazing city. Yeah, I love being here. And you get adjusted to the cold, you know, you buy the proper clothing. And I mean, I have a car, so that makes like a huge difference in the winter months. I don't have to be outside as much. (laughs) So I'm very blessed and thankful. Yeah. And I just, I like snow and I like, you know, it gives me an excuse on like the really snowy days to just like stay inside and be all cuddly. And I can't blame you there. (laughs) Still weird, but I can't blame you. As long as you're loving Chicago and having a good time. I love Chicago in the spring, summer, fall. But your winter, oof. Well, I also travel. So since my family is from Florida and they're still there, I mean, I definitely go back to Florida in the coldest part of the winter or I go somewhere else that's warm. So I definitely 
I do get away for, you know, at least a few weeks out of the winter. Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know. So what (laughs) made you decide to start OnlyFans? Actually, the first time I started an OnlyFans was prior to my current persona as Isabella Bloom. It was back in 2019. So like I made an OnlyFans when like OnlyFans had just basically debuted. I remember OnlyFans being new back in 2019. So just before the pandemic. Yeah, because I remember it was a while before the pandemic started that I had an OnlyFans. And, you know, I did not know what I was doing. Trust me, we all don't. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we didn't have all of the potential role models that we do today, like people that we can look to and subscribe and like see what they do and kind of mentors. I didn't have that when I first made an OnlyFans. So I was just in the dark, just trying to figure out how to use it. And then I took a break from it for a while. And then I made a new OnlyFans as Isabella back in 2021. So I've had it about two and a half years now. And when did you get your shit together? How about that? <laughs> like, when did you start doing well? <laughs> That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I really didn't start figuring it out until within the last year. So it took me like a full year to kind of. The first year was kind of trial and error, just like figuring it out. I mean, like I was doing well, but I was just like, to me, it's like success is measured by like sustainability. You know, if one month I'm making you know, thousands and thousands of dollars on my OnlyFans, but then the next month I can't keep up the same, you know, demand and energy. And like, you know, that to me is not successful because it's like up and down. It's like too chaotic, you know? So for the first year, it was kind of like that where like maybe for a month I was like, you know, doing really well. I'd hit maybe like the top 2% or the top 1%. Like that month was really good. But then the next month I'd be too burnt out because I didn't have a good system. I didn't have like the discipline and the scheduling. Yep, you definitely, it's work. People think, you know, people are just out here shaking their ass. No, it's a lot of fucking work. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is a lot of work. It takes a lot of creativity, discipline. I talked to this one girl who made a million dollars a year and she told me all the shit she was doing. And I was like, wow, (laughs) it was a lot. She hired and trained people from the Philippines, I think, to do her sexting. And yeah, that's how busy she is. Another friend of mine is working the DMs for another really known uh, creator and she pays her five grand a month. I'm like, okay, so she must be doing very well. So it's a husband wife team. So it's different when you have like the support because it's a lot of fucking work. It is. Yeah. Yeah. When you're just doing it alone, it's a different model for sure. If I were to ever get to the point where I was making like a million a year on OnlyFans, I would definitely be like calling in help, help me post things. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. I still like, I think something I do like to keep true and authentic is that like I'm the one talking to them. Because a lot of the times I've noticed people do subscribe to my OnlyFans because they do want to talk to me and they want to get to know me. So it's a hard balance because that takes the most time. Besides like making the content, that takes a lot of time to like sit there and like DM everybody and chat with them. And so it's figuring out how to make that work. I completely understand. Why did you say you decided to do the OnlyFans just because of the pandemic or? It was not too long into the pandemic. And I think I was just... To me, I'm very much like never leave money on the table type of mentality. And I like different things that take a lot of creativity. And like I get to showcase different sides of myself that I might not get to showcase, you know, as Isabella. 
I got into cosplay more and different things like that. And it's just fun. I've noticed a lot of your stuff is very cute, very sexy. I love it. I love it. So you just wanted to do something different, you know, maybe get another stream of income. Yeah, I think mainly the main reason was I really just wanted an outlet for creativity and another way to like really connect with people because, you know, we were in such a height of, you know, the social distancing and like, you know, we weren't really seeing people in person. So I wanted to, you know, fulfill that need for human connection in the way that we could, which at the time was virtual. And then I've just kept it since. So I love it. I love it. So what do you think is a misconception about OnlyFans from both the creator and consumer perspective? For the creator, you can really use OnlyFans for whatever you want, but you don't have to do like exactly what the next creator is doing. Like get creative and like come up with your own, like whatever speaks to you and is fun, like and is going to be something that you enjoy is going to translate better and reach way more people than if you were just trying to like copycat another creator that you saw online that was successful. Yeah. And that's really with any business, you know, you got to find your own lane and you'll do a lot better if you're yourself versus if you're trying to be someone else. It's the way it is. And what about from the consumer perspective? I wish consumers utilized it more in different ways. I guess I see it on my OnlyFans where people really just want to chat with me and connect with me. And I think not a lot of consumers realize that they could use it that way. I think a lot of consumers see it and they think, oh, it's like a website for porn. I'm only going to use it for porn and like have that mentality towards it. Maybe that causes a little bit of dissonance and they forget that these people that they're subscribing to are independent creators who, you know, they're people just like them and they can chat with them and talk with them and get to know them in all ways, not just in like a porn capacity. I mean, that's the fun part too. <laughs> that's the running jokes here in Miami, you know, because they said a lot of OnlyFans creators moved here during the pandemic. And now it has the city with the largest amounts of OnlyFans creators. But then, you know, people under the post are like, oh, yeah, you know, they're thinking it's just porn. And there are plenty of other creators that, you know, fitness, cooking. I've seen different things on OnlyFans. It's not just sexual. That's the weird stigma that's attached to it now is that, oh, it's just porn, which, you know, that in itself could be dissected because what the hell is wrong with porn? In and of itself, like, why are we so upset that what if it was only porn? Like, why are we upset about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, why are we so consumed with hating sex? Like, I just I don't understand it. Like, we have so many issues, but hey, <laughs> we can't solve it all in a day. So you said, how long did you say it took you to achieve success on OnlyFans? The first year was really where I was, you know, up and down trial and error. So I think it took me about a year to like really figure out things. That's not that bad, although a lot of people, because they think it's like a quick money thing, they'll give up in like two weeks. I think that's a misconception is people think that they can make it OnlyFans and then just make a buttload of money. And that's not how it works because you have to have a fan base and building a fan base takes a lot of time, especially if you want it to be like, an organic, genuine fan base that are going to, you know, be dedicated and stick by you and like actually enjoy your content. And 
people that you enjoy to interact with. Yeah, exactly. A year. So keep that in mind, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't happen in a month. Although I've heard some people post on Twitter saying that they made like 20 grand in one month. But then, like you said, is it sustainable? Well, I would also say whenever I see somebody who does that, like I've seen a few girls who decided to make an OnlyFans and then they were like, oh, I'm, you know, they made that amount or more or whatever. It's usually because they already took so much time to build up a following on another platform. I look at that and I'm like, well, you might have been super successful in one month on OnlyFans, but it took you two years on Twitter to build your following that went to your OnlyFans. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, if you were to start from scratch and have no social media, it's going to definitely take time because you have to build those people who are going to follow you elsewhere and then get funneled into your OnlyFans. I see these posts. I'm like, well, (laughs) like there's different business models, basically, because they took the route of withholding the OnlyFans from their fan bases on other platforms so that when they debuted it, And they already had, you know, like 40,000 or however many people like on their Twitter who would see that post when it's like a big deal. Different business models. So remember that, ladies, different business models. It takes time and patience and creativity and being your own person. Okay, you said you had to like do a lot of trial and error. Did you have any mentors or did you figure all this stuff out on your own? Everything that I've done, it's because I either like figured some of it out on my own, but a lot of it was from watching other people online, right? We're all each other's biggest inspiration. And I did have another close friend in the industry who did give me lots of tips and lots of mentorship. And I'm very thankful for that because she really helped me with like building my OnlyFans. And like, you know, she told me how she does everything. And then, you know, I did a lot of internet research and like looking at what other girls were doing and like seeing like if there were any commonalities. And so it's a bit of both, I would say. It's good to always like expand your research and, you know, look at as many people as you can and see what they're doing and try to like be like, okay, like what are they doing and why does it work? Okay. I find that especially in this business or really a lot of entrepreneurship, but something that takes a niche skill. A lot of times you end up having to figure out a lot of stuff on your own because, you know, someone could, you know, give you tips here and there. But especially if they're still in business, it's going to be hard for them to give you all the tips. So so you're going to have to, like, figure out a lot of stuff on your own. And then, you know, you have like the would be gurus that try to sell you bullshit information which that's a story for another day, but (laughs) (laughs) it does happen. Yeah, (laughs) because they're definitely every time there is a need, these fake gurus pop up and start selling courses, you know, and it's basically just regurgitated, recycled information that doesn't really do anything for you. But I'm glad you figured it out because at the end of the day, you do have to figure out a lot of stuff on your own, unfortunately. Yeah, it is like that. It's very much like, You can sit all day and look online and try to see what other people are doing. But at some point, you have to just do it. That is where you come in and the trial and error and like figuring out what works for you and what works for your fans. And And what you can sustain because that, you know, consistency is key in really any business. But if you're going to be burning out every five minutes, it's not going to work because your mental health is important for you to continue to do this job. I mean, it's the same thing with being an escort, too. You know, I even wrote a book, How to Get Started, but I can give you all the guides if you don't actually do it. 
to see what works for you. How are you going to know? Yeah. And then you have to see like what's sustainable because like one person might be doing, you know, X amount of things, you know, every week, whatever they're doing, you know, but if you try to do that, you might not have the bandwidth to keep up with that. So you have to figure out like, basically what your schedule is going to be. Yeah. Or girls that see, you know, some girls charging thousands of dollars an hour and they think they're just going to come in and charge that. And it's like, you got to know your markets. It's supply and demand at the end of the day. You know, you can't make your self-worth based on what you're charging per hour or how much you're charging per month on your OnlyFans. You know, you have to figure out what works for you. Okay. So let's, Talk about your tweet from August. You gave some tips on how to make it to the top 1%. And since you are a top 1%er, I'm glad we can take advice from you. Again, some of those gurus haven't even made it to the top 1% and they're selling courses. Oh my God. Oh my God. So we're actually hearing from someone who's in the top 1%. So let's jump into these tips. So the first tip you gave was create a brand strategy. What does that mean? For creating a brand strategy, what I mean by that is you have to have something to sell. Any business, all businesses, right? So you have to have a brand. You need to like really start from like bare bones of being like, what is my brand? You have to like assess and be like, what is something that people need and what can I provide that would be what they would need? And then creating a brand from there, that comes with a strategy of kind of being like, okay, so, you know, how is that going to play into my sales? Like this brand, like how is this going to provide this thing for my customers and make profit? So if you're looking at it from like a business standpoint. And then the second tip you gave was to grow an online following. What are some of the best ways to do that? I mean, it's so different for each social media platform out there, but social media is such like for this specifically OnlyFans and getting people to find and subscribe to your OnlyFans, social media is like one of the best ways, right? We all use social media to market ourselves and it's going to look different for every app because every app has different algorithms and different, you know, niche, like they all have different ways of how to reach your audience. Okay. So let's start with Twitter. What would be the best way to grow your following on Twitter? Twitter would be to have a posting schedule to post regularly, interact with other accounts, finding other accounts to build connections with people who are like you, getting those mutual follows where you follow someone, they follow you back, who could like interact with your content. Also finding now because of Elon Musk buying out Twitter and changing it to X, he has totally changed the entire algorithm. The goalpost is forever moving anyway. Same thing with Facebook and Instagram, you know, and of course also TikTok. Like they all keep moving the goalposts once they see that creators figure it out on how to monetize, then they move it again so we will continuously depend on them. It's bullshit, but that's the name of the game. You were saying have a posting schedule and post regularly. So what would you say is regularly? I think that depends on the person because, you know, on my account, I'm posting, I used to post every day and then I changed it to, I think now I'm at five days a week I post, but sometimes I'll post more than that. It really just depends. But having like a baseline of like how often you're going to post and when there's two factors that go into how many, you know, days a week you would decide to post. 
you know, how do you want to grow and who do you want to reach and also what you have the capacity for. Because if you don't have the time or the bandwidth right now to be posting every single day and interacting with accounts every single day and like engaging and then maybe starting, you know, at two or three times a week would be really helpful to just like get yourself out there and then you could always build it. So I'm assuming you don't use any um, scheduling apps to do your posts. No, I don't because sometimes I do. If I absolutely know that I need to post and I'm going to be really busy, I'll do like an auto post. But usually from what I've noticed is that social media apps tend to like discourage that. Like if you use a posting service like that, the engagement you would get on your post. I don't know. I feel like what do you use to do your scheduling? Because I was using Hootsuite. It was free at the time. And I found that my engagement was pretty much on point as if I posted by myself. So I don't know. But then again, as you said, they keep changing the algorithm. So you never know, like one thing could work today and then tomorrow they move the goalpost. But having a regular posting schedule based on what you're trying to do. But honestly, I feel like automating everything is great for me. (laughs) This is too much work. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And that's like what I was saying is like, it's going to be different for everybody. Like I might be able to sit down and make the posts, but like not everyone would be. I mean, but even if you did automate it, you're going to just sit down maybe like one day a week to plan out your posts for the next couple of weeks or whatever, and then set it and forget it, so to speak. You're not sitting down every day, but at least you're still being intentional if you do schedule your posts. But if anybody knows the latest automated posting thing, please send me an email, Vivian at TSCGP.com because <laughs> I'm tired. Okay. Um, what about Instagram? Oh, and I was going to say, do you have any days of the week that are better for you on Twitter that you've seen? Mondays usually are a good day because I feel like everyone's trying to escape the fact that they have to go back to work. So they're on their phones a little bit more. What about time on Monday? Does it matter? I would say I try to always, it varies. Sometimes I'll post randomly, but a lot of times I'll try to pick times that I know maybe they're on a break or they just got home. So like something like that. With that, you're like, you're still doing it for your specific time zone. Whereas like, you know, someone might see your post in Europe, which is like six hours ahead. So I like to always play around with that. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. Okay. So what about Instagram? What is your strategy there? So Instagram, basically, when you first start an account on there, it wants you to basically interact with only accounts that are similar to what you are because you're trying to show the algorithm like this is who I am. So by clicking, you know, like liking, commenting, saving, sharing posts that are like a similar niche to you and like a similar branding, whatever it is, like you're showing the Instagram algorithm, this is who I am. And then it'll show your profile to accounts that are liking those similar posts. And then after that, then what? You post. So you keep posting and keep trying to basically train the algorithm and teach it who you are. Hashtags are like hit or miss. Sometimes hashtags work really well. Sometimes they don't do anything. Yeah, I've heard that those can also um, negatively affect you as well. It's just so fucking annoying. You definitely want to be careful about like what you're writing in your hashtags in general. Like nowadays, Instagram is very strict about like, 
even your captions, like none of it could be like alluding. It has to be very intentional and specific. It can't be. If they think it's even like somewhat sexual, they'll like flag it. I've had posts that they've flagged and they were like, you need to take this down. And I look at the posts and I'm like, this is within the guidelines. Like this is all within the guidelines, but maybe because my caption was like a little too risque or something, they flagged if it. If only Google and, and, you know, Meta, Facebook, all of them knew how much they would make if they would just let adults content creators, adult entertainers advertise on their platforms, but you know, puritanical society. Okay. Are there any days of the week that are better to post on Instagram? I think it depends. Like once you have a following, there's all those tools within the app. You can like go look and it'll tell you like what times of day and what days are like your most successful in terms of like the engagement you get. I think Instagram has a thing now where you can schedule your posts. I think it's been soft launched. I don't know if it's available for everybody yet. Yeah, because I keep seeing it on my settings. And at one point it was trying to get me to go use it, but I never really used it. Another thing that Instagram really likes is when they roll out new features, they want you to use it. Yeah. So if you use it, I guess they'll probably boost your posts more. They reward you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So guys, just check your settings and see, you know, what's available and try to use whatever features they give you. Okay, TikTok. So TikTok is, it's funny because I actually had to buy a whole new phone and I have to open up a whole new phone line to make a new TikTok because I was banned from TikTok on my current phone and TikTok remembers your phone. Yeah, that's what that million dollar girl told me. She had like a suitcase filled with like 15 phones or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. There's some girls who have like 30 phones because they will like make an account on a phone. It'll get banned and then they'll have to get a new phone. Do you know why they're banning you? Are they giving you reasons? It could be a lot of reasons. So I think the reason why I got banned is because I went live and I was wearing a little bodysuit with like some fishnets or whatever. And people kept joining the live and they were like, oh, turn around, you know, like turn around. So like, ended up turning around at one point. And also, I think people like to go into those live shows and they'll report your account. If you do lives, you can be sexy. You just have to be like doing a Q&A or something. Yeah, so I would say TikTok as a whole, like it's better to err on the safe side of being pretty much fully clothed. Like I think it's helpful to like look at other girls and see what they're doing. A lot of the top content creators, they've gotten banned plenty of times too, because I've followed accounts and then they get banned, but then they have backup accounts. That's the TikTok thing too. You're supposed to have like 20 accounts and, you know, create them all at once. So that way, if you get banned from one, you can just go on to the next. I'm just like, wow. Okay. So yeah, just be very PG on TikTok. Don't allude to anything and try to do other things besides being in lingerie. Yeah, like you can look at other girls and you can see that they're fully clothed, but they'll kind of like fix the clothing in a way that's like more risque, but without it being, you know, in violation of TikTok or like they'll, you know, use audio that's trending. That's like kind of maybe a little cheeky or whatever. And they'll write little captions that are cheeky, but like nothing that's like overtly sexual. Yeah. And definitely don't put any links to adult stuff on your TikTok either. You're supposed to link them to your Instagram and then from your Instagram, they can figure out who you are. I mean, there are plenty of girls that don't even have anything, but the guys will find them. They hint at it. 
What are your strategies for maneuvering TikTok? Like how often should you post? Are there certain days you should post? What types of posts should you be doing? So TikTok is similar to Instagram in the sense that they want you to also like you curate your for you page to basically show you like you only interact with content that is like yours because you're doing the same thing. You're showing the algorithm who you are so that they can then promote you to accounts that like that content. That's the same as Instagram. TikTok is very weird because the more you post, the better. I know people who they get a lot of interaction and a big following on TikTok very quickly because they post like five times a day. To me, I'm like, that's not sustainable for me. A lot of fucking work. Because like right now, after I got banned on TikTok, I made a new TikTok on the same phone. It immediately shadow banned me and immediately perma banned me from going live. Mm. Going live a lot is a really good way to like boost your um, reach to people and get new followers. I would probably go live like when you're just out and about. Yeah, just like anything. You could like literally just sit there and be live and like people will come in. When you're on TikTok and you see people go live, they're usually just like sitting in their room. Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, beauty creators are doing their makeup or whatever. But, you know, I would say if you're trying to not get banned, try to do regular shit. Like don't go live and try to be too sexy because that won't work for you. Yeah, I've gone live before and I would just like be playing video games, but I'd be wearing something like really cute and like, you know. Isn't Twitch a good venue for that too? I heard about that. I do have a Twitch. Yeah. I'm still learning Twitch. I don't. Well, let me know when you do, because that's just another another shit <laughs> that we all need to learn. It's so ridiculous. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my existence. Anyways, OK, so go live, post more often if you can, you know, whatever sustainable for you. Are there any particular days? It doesn't matter. I don't think there are particular days because the way TikTok's algorithm works is like so random and it's not chronological and it's not, you know, like, because I've had times where I made a post on TikTok and it was like a time that I thought wouldn't be a good time. And like I went to bed or something. I woke up the next day and it had like 10,000 views already. And I was like, oh, I, I noticed that too. Like, because before I would post during the day and then one day I just kind of posted something at night. And that was like my first video that went viral. And I was like, oh, so, you know, that might be a tip for you guys. Test it out. See what works for you. Daytime, nighttime, afternoon. Also at night here is a different time elsewhere. You know what I mean? Like, so you could be posting at night, but then maybe like you're reaching a lot of people who are in a completely different time zone. So you don't know. Yeah. Oh, and then sometimes try to tag your location. That might send certain people your way as well. I think that's about it. And then I guess next time you can come back and tell us what you learned about Twitch. I would say the top three are Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, I would say those are like three crucial social media apps to have if you're trying to market your OnlyFans. There's a lot of other things you could do that are maybe a little bit different and more creative than what the average person might be using. And it really depends on your interests. Like if you are a video game person, Making a Twitch would be like really good. There's a lot of people who make Discord channels. People make YouTube channels. So like those are all other different venues. Yeah, YouTube as well. Yes, yes, yes. If you feel overwhelmed, just breathe and just take it one step at a time. Because I know a lot of this stuff can feel overwhelming. Like I know people that are just overwhelmed 
from posting on Twitter alone. These are not content creators. These are just escorts. Like <laughs> they're already overwhelmed by all of it. So just breathe and just try to like, wussa. <laughs> oh, that was what I was going to say. Um, Reddit, I heard. Oh yeah, Reddit's great. But for Reddit, I heard you need to just like follow interests that you normally do and then post in there, get traction that way. So I have a Reddit. What I do is I will do that where I'll just find things that are just like very suited for work, niche interests that I have. And I interact with different threads and I post in them for upvotes. Also, what I do is I find subreddits that are like promo, basically. Like, you know, there's like a subreddit, all the NSFW subreddits, and I'll find ones that I can post in. And I'll post photos and basically promo myself for upvotes and then people will follow me. Yes, so look into Reddit as well. Although I feel like Reddit is a fucking cesspool black hole. (laughs) It took me several years to get into Reddit because I just like my brain could not wrap around how Reddit worked. I was like, I don't understand how it works. Like my brain was just like, it's like the deep underground abyss that nobody wants to be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I also kind of feel that way about Discord a little oh, bit. Oh, Discord is a black hole. If you go, I don't. Good luck getting out. I don't. I don't know what to tell you because Discord is a, it's a different thing in itself. But that's a story for another day. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So let's go ahead and move on. We've done the top three, and then you know added a few for good measure. So the third tip that you wrote was put effort into your work. Yeah, I mean, more or less, it is a little self-explanatory, but it is basically me trying to say, try to put some effort, you know, like there's so many different routes you can go in terms of like the type of content you're making. And it should be something that you enjoy doing first and foremost, so that you don't get burnt out. But also you should be putting effort into like the quality, even if you're just taking selfies and like everything's kind of like you know, very like amateur style, which is like totally a niche and people love that. Just invest in like a nice camera and a nice phone so that the photos still look good. You know what I mean? And that's putting the effort and, you know, making sure that you, even if it's something amateur looking, that there's still quality behind it. What camera do you use? Well, I love my iPhones because I think that they're really good cameras in and of themselves. I just got the newest Pro Max. Yeah, I have the 14, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be the same. So I'm going to reach back out to you to see how you feel. iPhones are so silly. So the Pro Max is always the best version of the phone. It'll have all of the new updates, usually the regular 15. It's basically the 14 Pro Max, but it's just smaller in size. Yeah, see, that's another reason too why I don't do the Pro Max because it's too big. Like, I feel like these phones are too big. I like that it's big. You like it big, huh? Interesting. <laughs> you heard about her taste, guys. <laughs> For phones. <laughs> I'm like blushing. I just feel like I'm carrying an iPad <laughs> when I handle like the Pro Max phones. But I have friends that have it, mostly men. And obviously they love it because men like bigger things for whatever reason. A bigger screen to look at beautiful pictures of us. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so you have the 15. And then what other cameras do you have? So I also have, oh my gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I have a GoPro. Yeah, so I love the GoPro. I actually used it in an apple orchard for a very spicy video. So I thought GoPro was just for attaching to your helmet when you're doing extreme sports. 
<laughs> well, I was doing some sort yeah, of extreme. You were definitely extreme. <laughs> there was a lot of apples around me. <laughs> so you don't have to use all the different attachments, although I would say using like a chest uh, harness with the attachment or like a head harness is really good if you were to shoot partner content and you're doing like a POV style. Ooh. Yes. Or they can just hold it and it's a small enough camera that it doesn't get in the way. And like the lens is usually really good at getting like a nice wide angle. So it like gets everything, even if it's up close. So when you use it, are you using it on yourself or do you have someone there to shoot for you? Usually when I use the GoPro, I use it specifically for partnered content. Like what I said, I really like the POV style. So like I'll have the person I'm shooting with hold it for like POV style content. Okay. So you're saying on your OnlyFans, you have some partnered content on there? I do. Ooh, you heard that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have some boy-girl content and I will very soon have some girl-girl content. I thought it was going to be the reverse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, guys, you know what to go uh, sneak into our OnlyFans to do. Other than the GoPro, anything else? Yeah, I have a Sony A7C, I believe it is. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure what that is. And I got it because when I was researching what type of camera to get, that was like one of the top rated vlogger cameras. It's like, oh, that would be great. Because if I want to do like vlogs or like YouTube videos too, like I know it'll be a good camera for that. But then also it'll give me high quality video, which will be great for content as well. Awesome. All right. So your fourth tip was posting consistently and creating new content regularly for your fan page. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about this earlier, but like posting consistently. So whatever that looks for you, like schedule wise, like three times a week or whatever, but just being consistent with the content, you know, like don't post seven days in a week and then you run out of content and then you're burnt out and then you don't post for two months. You know, it's and this is for your fan page. So how often do you post like on your OnlyFans? It's varied. I've gone through phases where I tried because it's all like all trial and error. And there's been times where I was posting like two to three times a day on my feed, which works. It's great. It really just depends on like how much content you can make and that's sustainable for you. But now I kind of vary between once a day or maybe like every other day, just because I'm in a phase right now where I don't have as much time for content. In November, I will actually be upping it because I'll have much more free time than I have. Just what works for you, but being consistent with it. Okay. And then your fifth tip was show up when you say you will, which I'm assuming is for the live shows in your fan page. Yes. So like that's just anything that you say you're going to do. Like if you say like I'm going live at this date, unless there's absolutely something that happens that's out of your control, like because there's been times where I've gone live and OnlyFans like was glitching. And so, okay, I have to reschedule this because OnlyFans is not working. But yeah, just like if you say you're going to do something, like if you say like, you know, like I'm going to be making a new video that I'm going to be sending out in your messages, like make sure you do that. So how often do you go live on OnlyFans? Right now I go live once a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Before I didn't actually really utilize the live feature. And I think that was like a big mistake. I think using the live feature is like a really good way to like connect with your fans. They get to see you in real time, chat with you. And it's just a lot of fun. And then you want to schedule it so that way people can plan for it, right? Yes. Yeah. Usually what I'll do is I'll kind of like 
do a little poll on my OnlyFans and like reach out to everyone and I'll be like, hey, like I have two or three dates that I've already decided would work for me. Which one works the best for you? And like have them vote. Then based on what gets the most votes, where I know the most people will turn out, then I make that the date that I'll go live. Awesome. Okay. And then the sixth tip, it was network. And this goes for pretty much most businesses. But how do you network for your OnlyFans? Yeah. So networking can look a few different ways as far as OnlyFans goes. Networking could be just like finding other creators and reaching out to them and making friends. And like if they're in an area that you're going to be like trying to meet them in person. Otherwise, like connecting virtually is also good. Recently, I just met up creator and we went to Disney together. So that was really fun. And it wasn't weird, no cattiness or anything. No, it was great. Yeah. And her and I are like friends now. So it's really great. It seems to be the only place that the cattiness exists is in the whole world. Yeah, I would say as far as like content creators go, I don't experience any cattiness. People are usually like really nice and like really like there's so many girls that like I'll follow because they're like so well renowned as like an OnlyFans girl or like they're in mainstream, you know, whatever. I'll like comment on their stuff and follow them and they'll like follow me back. And I'm like, that's so nice. Like, that's really sweet. And like, maybe we'll chat in the DMs a little bit. And I'm like, oh, wow, I just didn't know that, you know, and like, it doesn't feel forced or like they're trying to like. I wonder why that is. I'm thinking it's probably because of the scarcity mindset in being an escort or stripping. You know, you're thinking the clients are limited and you need to make your money and another girl making money will gonna, is going to take money out of your pocket. Whereas with the content creators, they already have their shit making money for them. So it's not like they're going to lose thousands of followers to you because they hang out with you. If anything, they're going to gain more. That's how I've always looked at escorting too, because I'm like, you know, like how is always the question. I'm like, how would you even do that? <laughs> I don't know. People like go into a rabbit hole in their head and they just create all these unrealistic scenarios of how someone's going to steal their client, not knowing that these men see everybody and anybody. So it's like, what are you doing? With that, you can also do uh, shout outs. So I don't know if you're familiar with SFS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see different people reach out to me sometimes or I see that in posts. But are there like groups that you join? I'm guessing or like Telegram or something. Yeah, you can do groups. You can also do it yourself and just like find accounts and reach out to them and ask them if they want to schedule it, you know, one day out of the month or something. There's also I know there's people that you can hire that will schedule out all of your SFS for you. And where do you find said people? A lot of it is over Telegram. Networking too can mean like, for instance, like going on a podcast is like a great way to network, you know, like, <laughs> so like, you know, like you have to think outside of the box with networking because like you want to network within your community of other content creators. But then think outside of that. Who can you network with who maybe isn't within your niche that would provide a new insider, like a new gateway to like potential people who would find you? Because, you know, there are a lot of ways people can find you indirectly. I mean, the Reddit example we gave was a good one where you could just comment on your interest or whatever. Like I joined uh, something for gardening and asked a question and then you never know, like somebody could be like, hmm, who is this girl? Oh, and then you want to make sure your avatar picture looks good. So that way people can <laughs> yeah. It. Yeah. Last tip you gave was persistence. 
especially if you're starting completely from scratch, like you're not going to see the fruits of your labor right away. You have to keep going. You know, like we talked about this at the very beginning, it might take you a full year to really get to a place where you feel like, okay, like I'm in a good place now. Like there's still always room for growth, but like that place of sustainability. So you have to really stick with it and be persistent. Try to like manage your expectations because I think that it helped you not get distraught and, you know, give up quickly. So now you've heard that it took her a year to grow her following and get her page, giving her the consistent income that she wants. So try to see where you fit in on that spectrum. If you look like her, maybe it could be the same for you, but you can't just quit after a month. You just need to like plan to like grind and hustle for a while. And you're basically just laying the groundwork that will pay you in the future where you're not going to be working as much because now you have all this content that you can sell and resell to new followers and you're going to consistently get paid. So just think of it that way. I mean, I kind of look at escorting the same way as well. Like if you do all the groundwork, you know, get your socials, your website, advertise, blah, blah, blah. Eventually it's going to become like a nice, well-oiled machine that will continuously bring you new clients. And obviously you should be retaining your old ones. I know with content creation, it it might be a little tougher because, you know, you have the people that just want to looky-loo and move on, but you're going to end up getting some good regulars from there too. I have people that have been following me since I started and they stick with me, even though I don't have that many followers, but <laughs> but still. That's okay. It doesn't really matter how many followers you have. Passive income is passive income. I don't really care. I mean, I, I would take my little group of followers. Thank you to you guys. <laughs> okay. So what was the worst advice you ever got as it pertains to your OnlyFans business? I think the worst advice I ever got was to do like a management company. I haven't done it, but I've heard very bad horror stories with having like a full on management company. There's like a specific type of management company I'm talking about where like they basically do everything for you. They take over your OnlyFans and they basically tell you like what type of content to make. They like send you ideas. They'll like post for you. They'll message everyone for you. They'll schedule everything for you. But they take off the top a percentage out of what you make even after you already give 20% to OnlyFans. So you're like probably going to make less money than you would if you just put in the work, time and dedication. Also, like it dilutes your brand. You could potentially lose a lot of followers when they start to catch on. They realize like, oh, like who am I talking to? You know, like who is this person? I don't know. And let's not forget, you know, business relationships end all the time. How does the control look like of your content? How do you know somebody isn't going to, you know, go start a spoofs page with all your stuff? Because I've heard that as well, where, you know, the girls decide they don't want to work with a certain individual or company anymore. And they basically bogart all their shit and start their own stuff with their content. And it's a nightmare to get your shit back because, you know, it's online. I suppose you could report it to OnlyFans, but even that is like a headache in itself. Yeah, the whole like uh, DMCA takedown and whatnot when someone steals your content is just like a headache. And if you can like mitigate and try to reduce any sort of opportunities for that to happen, you know, you might as well just so that you don't have to deal with the headache of trying to take down your content when it's stolen. And then, you know, if you must use a team, so to speak, be like the people that I spoke about earlier, train your own people. 
yes, people that you trust and people that work under you. Like if you're going to do that, hire an employee, do it the right way, you know, have an S-corp, hire employees out, all those things. So. Yeah, because I know it sounds, you know, tempting to just go the easy route, which that's what it is, is when you sign with a agency. But just know they do not have your best interest at heart. They are a business and they're trying to make a profit. And especially like you get like those people who message you on your social media and they're like, hi, I'm so and so and I run and just ignore those. Those are probably scams. Plus, if you go look them up, they don't even have any like track record. It screams red flag immediately anyway. Yeah, but somebody who's new might not realize what that is. So it's like... Just don't. If you're new, you need to be bootlegging it. Do your own work. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, do your own work. Put in the groundwork. And then once you know what how your machine works, then you can hire people to fill in certain parts that you need to take a break from. That's the best way to do it. Do not hand your whole life to somebody else to do it for you because then it's their work and not yours and they can take it away from you at any time. Okay. And what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, I think the best advice I've ever gotten is to, you know, stay true to yourself and also make the type of content you enjoy so that you avoid burnout. Because if you're making something that you don't like to do, you're going to get burnt out so fast. Yes. Yes. I highly agree. And it's the same thing even with escorting. Like, you don't want to be somebody else. Be yourself. Like, I always say I cosplay myself every day. So it's very easy (laughs) to be me. Yeah, my persona is basically myself, only just maybe a little bit more um, exaggerated for the drama. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, be yourself. Okay, uh, if you could go back in time and talk to your 17-year-old self, what would you say to her? start doing content when you turn 18. <laughs> Mine would be sell your virginity. <laughs> yeah. Like, unfortunately, I was already not a virgin by that time. Well, then go back, go back. <laughs> yeah. And be like, hey, wait till you're 18 and then auction off your virginity. I actually, the first thing I ever did was I was on my free cams model when I was 19. So I would go back to myself at 17 and like maybe give myself better business advice and tell myself to get into it at 18 and just stick with it because I had no idea what I was doing when I was 19 years old and I had no business model or business, you know. Girl, none of us did. None of us did. And, you know, it's I hope that the generation coming up, they take all these resources because we sure as hell didn't have them. I remember being 19 and trying to, you know, look up advice and like there was nothing on the Internet. I couldn't find anything. Not a thing. Not a thing. Oh, I would also tell myself to uh, buy up a bunch of properties during that crash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. Anyways, uh, you said you love traveling. What's your favorite vacation destination? Well, so I guess my favorite place that I would like to go. Japan is very high on my list. I really want to go to Japan. Oh, yeah. I just want to go like take in their fashion. Yeah, all of it. I just want to go. Yes, Uh, Japan. I spent a month in Europe in July. How was that? I did see that on your on. It looks so beautiful. How was that? Did you create a ton of content too? I did. I did create a bit of content and I had a lot of fun. I basically was in France and Italy, so it was great. 
I love it. I love it. I, Italy is on my list. France, I did. And I also did uh, Monaco. That was great. But like Central Pay is on my list. So if you're listening, guys, take me and her. <laughs> YSL will meet you there in Central Pay. <laughs> do you have any free time? If so, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do in your free time? Um, I do actually have a lot of free time. I've gotten myself currently to a place where I have free time. My next thing is to really build upon my online persona with all this extra free time that I've had. But in my free time, when it's not work related, I play a lot of video games. I read a lot. Oh, what do you play? What video games do you play? My favorite video game is Genshin Impact. I love playing that game. I just downloaded Baldur's Gate 3, so I'll be playing that. I love to stream games, so... Well, shit, you can just go live and play your video games. Yeah, that's what I usually do. (laughs) Well, I guess you can be on Twitch, and then you can also go live on any of your other platforms. Shit, you can set up all your phones and be live at the same time. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I've actually done that. A lot of content creators actually do that, where they go live on multiple platforms like that. Well, you might as well utilize your time if you're there already and you have the phones. Why not? I also travel a lot and I love to explore Chicago. Like tonight, I'm going to the ballet. So I'm very excited. Oh, yes. The, we have our ballet season coming up. So I'm definitely going to be doing that as well. You said you uh, love to read. What are you reading right now? I am currently reading a book that's actually not released yet. Somebody got me an unreleased copy. Okay, Black Market. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have a friend who works in that realm, so he'll gift me unreleased books that he thinks I'll like, which is really cool. Oh, we don't want to get him in trouble. No, we won't. Yeah, we won't give any names. We'll wait wait till it gets released. All right. What would you uh, advise OnlyFans content creators to invest in? Invest in good lighting and good cameras. What kind of lighting? Ring light? Yeah, just getting all different types of lighting and playing around with it. I think that's a good investment. Like I have two or three different ring lights of different sizes. And I also have, it's like a ring light, but instead of a ring, it's just a strip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. Also like the backlighting, like the different colors is really fun. So lighting. It just looks richer too. It just looks more polished when you do the uplighting, the backlighting of different colors. And then, you know, it complements your skin tone. Still a lot of work, but you know, put in your work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Do you watch TV, movies, anything that you like that we should know? Oh, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy. I've seen clips on it on TikTok. I used to watch it when it aired. I never watched it. I've watched it before, but I've never gotten to watch like every episode in order. Um, It's hard to pick favorites. Okay. What is your favorite movie of all time? Top three. Yeah. Okay. Pride and Prejudice. uh, Hellraiser. (laughs) Okay. I'll say something like from when I was like way like a long, long time ago, but I love Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> Aww, I remember watching that. It's so cute. <laughs> so, and then, you know, watching it again as an adult, you learn a lot of other things that were in there that you did not know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you rewatch all those movies, like all the Disney and whatnot, you're like, oh, there's all these other messages mm-hmm. that you're like, what? Are kids really watching this? Well, anyways, they don't know what's going on. Um, okay. Pet peeves. In the OnlyFans realm, of course. I don't have many pet peeves in the OnlyFans realm. 
I guess one of them would be when someone is not understanding of the fact that like I'm a person and I'm like doing everything myself and this rarely happens too, but it does happen, you know, once in a blue moon where someone is maybe like not very understanding of the fact that I'm human and that I'll make mistakes or that things won't be like immediate or, you know. Patience, people. We are human beings. Okay, please leave our listeners with some parting advice. Why wait till tomorrow? Do it today. Hey, life is short. <laughs> life is short. Don't put it off. Do it today. Okay, so where is the best place our listeners can find out more about you to book you or join your OnlyFans? And of course, I'm going to leave all your links in the show notes as well. So everything can be found on any of my social media or my link tree, which is the Isabella Bloom. That's the best way to find me. Thank you so much for coming on and blessing us with your knowledge. I really appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at TSEG Podcast and on Instagram at TSEGP. Join our Patreon page for exclusive videos on dating, sugaring, and freestyling tips for both the gentlemen and ladies. Patreon.com forward slash TSEGP. Follow your host Vivian on Twitter and Instagram at Exotic Vivian. Please leave the show a five-star rating on iTunes. Until next time, keep it sexy and stay receptive.